and welcome to the Metapod, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. If you're watching on YouTube, because maybe you watched our exclusive YouTube video talking about the spring April products that are releasing this month, you may notice that Sean has started to copy me in my <laughs> little revolving around the evolving meta. You could watch like a, a montage of the last three or four weeks or so, and Sean has slowly just started to do it more and more. Yep, just Sean, to, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Jake. I'm uh, I'm prepping for a trip. Uh, eagle eyed viewers on Twitter will know that I was looking for recommendations in Seattle and Vancouver, so that. Flight is as of recording in like four hours. I, I like leave for the airport in like four hours. So, yeah, I, um, do, all the, I do all the editing. So Sean uh -huh. just has to get on the mic. We got to get this done, and then we go. Yep, that's that's right. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how about you? How have you been? I'm just tired. Yeah, you know, I didn't. You know, we said that we would release that uh, special episode on Friday, not yep. an April Fool's joke, no. by the way. Uh, and a video actually went out and it was actually a serious video well it was fun but it was yeah. it was an actual it was a real video. video yeah yes it was a real video Whew, i didn't know if i was gonna have enough time to like finish it before friday i started sweating i was like we promised friday and like, <laughs> i stayed up late editing it it was fun uh. though because like i could do like a little bit more things like cuts and little funny moments and stuff like when I asked if you bought any of the V or if you forgot the V unions, like I zoomed up real close to your face <laughs> when you were like, I did I like did. real, like sly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, as Jake was saying, plugging ourselves, we have a, an April product analysis, like review. So if you are looking for like, Hey, what's coming out in April, what can I go spend my money on? Because I have a problem. Uh, we're here to help. We're here. We are. What is it called? We're enablers here at the Metapod. Yes. So you can get. We will not. We will not give it to you, but we'll tell you where it is. We'll tell you. <laughs> we'll tell you where to get it. And so yeah, we give our very honest thoughts on like. I was telling Jake when we were making these videos. So I was like, I don't want to sugarcoat it. If something is doo doo, if something is like, don't spend your money on this. We got to tell the people, don't spend your money on this. Um, it was. It was a lot of fun, and we talk not only about um, aspects of the products, but also the cards that come with it. So, like, uh, Lucario V-Star is a really good example. You know, talking about Lucario V-Star's compatibility, what um, decks could it be in, things like that, you know, how many you would need. So, even if you're a competitive listener of the Metapod podcast, if you're a competitive listener... That video still could be interesting to you as well as if you're a collector. But, Sean, today's episode can give love to both parties because what are some of the things that we got to talk about today? I mean, we got some a level three league battle deck that has finally, finally. been revealed. Uh, and it's far, I will say, it is far less complicated as to why it is a level three than we had sus suspected. Yeah, you may have seen uh. us tweet about... You you may have seen us tweet our revelation mm -hmm. on at Metapod TCG on Twitter. You may have seen us tweet the revelation, and that was me at like a very very uh, late time. That was like, oh my god, yeah, it was it was mind blowing. But anyways, yeah, we got we got some league battle deck. We got some new trademark stuff. We got a little bit of. We're gonna dip a little bit into Sao Paulo, but not spend too much time there. It's uh, you know, only only the things that are different, and then. And then we're going to dive into the PTCG Live Backlash. I don't know if the entire content creator community's NDAs expired at the same time, but it feels like it feels like everybody was like, you know, flips table, we're done with this. So we're going to get into that. Yeah, in a span of a week, <laughs> you know, it pretty much went from PTCG Live sucks, but we're tolerating it to... Holy moly, we cannot do this. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about all these things, Sean. But, you know, as always, Sean, we have to get to the five-star reviews. Uh, you want me to read it, right? Yeah, yeah. I. Who knows if I can ever see them on the computer? 
This one's you. weird. Like there's there's like a month where Sean can access it on the computer, and then there's like two months where Sean can't. It's just it's come it's on, Apple weird. iTunes. What are you doing? Anyways, this review is titled as Great Podcast for Five Stars from Tim Tim Time. Say that five times fast. Tim Tim Time, Tim Tim Time, Tim Tim Time, Tim Tim Time, Tim Tim Time. You know, I, I really didn't think you were going to get it. Well, you know, I went to school for theater, Jake. So. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Anyways, Sean with his high IQ. My mm-hmm. son Rory and I started to play our local tournaments in October of 2021. Came across the podcast not much later, and now we listen on the way to school on Tuesday mornings. The topics you discuss have really helped us understand how to become more competitive and keep up with the evolving meta outside of our local card shop. Keep up the great work. Tim, you and your son Rory are going to be Pokemon masters. Maybe not thanks to us. We'll help help you out (laughs) a little bit. We'll nudge you. We'll nudge you along the way. But you two are going to be incredible. So, Jake, are you ready to dive into the first topic, the League Battle Deck Level 3? I am ready when are... uh, Can you send me the link? You sent me the link to, like, a Google Drive. I mean, I... Oh, did I? Well... Okay. Yeah, it's like a Google Drive link. Whatever. You can see <laughs> it on, on the I'll screen. On you can end. see it on the screen on Discord. We got that. You got that virtual camera. But I'll Anyways, I'll, I'll quickly yeah, yeah, talk about know. it. Yeah. It's it, it's basically the horsies. Level three is horsey. That's uh, that's what Pokemon has revealed. Anything that's going to be a level three is horsies. Uh, no, no, really. Level three just means you get a three three line, um, which I guess makes sense because what. The level ones, I think, were you got like one GX or something like that back in the day. Well, it was Inteleon. Oh, was it the Inteleon? Inteleon, the level one. Perhaps. Yeah. I I can never remember, but I know the the Urshifu ones were level two, and you got a 2 2 line in those. And then a Calyrex and a, you know, Ice Rider and Shadow Rider, there's two of them, and you get a 3 3 line. So um, I will say, you know, this is definitely a moment of like people who bought playsets of especially Shadow Rider back in Chilling Rain for like twenty dollars each for the V Max are sitting here like, you're gonna give me a three three line for thirty bucks, uh, bruh, yeah. bruh. So in case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about in terms of League Battle decks, Pokemon has had this series level one, level two, level three of pre-constructed decks. Basically, this has been the um, predecessor to theme decks is Six. predecessor the right word the successor predecessor would successor, have come before thank yes. you ah uh, yes english man sean <laughs> is just rattling off his iq against me today but anyways the it's basically the successors to the theme decks that were all the way up to through the sun and moon era now that we're in sword and shield we're getting these league battle decks and essentially as sean is saying the level of the theme decks, or I'm sorry, the level of the league battle decks directly correlates to how many VMAXs you get in each league battle deck. So level one included one Inteleon VMAX, level two included two Urshifu VMAX. There were two different products, either Rapid Strike or Single Strike. Um, and then level threes as they're coming out June 17th. This is going to be a summer release. As Sean said, $30 each. You're going to have a choice between Shadow Rider Calyrex or Ice Rider Calyrex. And you'll get three, Cal- three Calyrex V and three Calyrex VMAX um, in your pre-constructed decks. And to be honest, I 100% think that, you know, if you're getting into competitive, maybe like tim tim time and rory as we read earlier or maybe somebody that's just starting to go to local league maybe you're you're trying to build decks these are excellent products yeah like like pokemon has been releasing incredible competitive products and this is just another one of them um so i i super recommend buying these even if you're a competitive player and uh well actually if you're a competitive player like long time like more sean and i um, you probably just buy the singles after this releases because if you don't know card stock or stonks, if you don't know card stonks, once a promo is reprinted 
or once a card is reprinted as a promo it's like same art and everything in a box like this the single the single price goes way way down just absolutely dips yeah like it like you said like this is great for people who don't have any staples right like yeah, i don't like, have i don't have any i sold all my shadow rider v maxes way back when because i pulled like three of them <laughs> <laughs> and but i don't have any of the cali rex v or v maxes so this will be awesome i'll probably buy one of these yeah i mean it's still a good value even if you are like if you don't need all the cards in it but i think somebody on our youtube i cannot remember the name off the top of my head but asked like hey i'm getting into the game what's the best way and i was like straight up this is also for anybody listening who is maybe on a budget trying to get into the game online or in person the trainers toolkits have have been amazing the last two years i i think there's going to be a third one this year is my guess so any and all of the trainers toolkits preferably the more recent one and then buy league battle decks or league battle deck codes if you're playing online just pick whichever one you you prefer, like the that play style that you want, whichever Pokemon. They're all good. Except, I will say, if you're playing standard, don't make the mistake of buying the Pikachu or ADP <laughs> League Battle deck. Those were great when they came out, but they're not legal anymore. So don't, yeah, don't do that. They're still cool. I'm, yeah. and, I'm, and I mean, these decks as well, like... If you're afraid, you know, because you you have the uh, you have this like stereotype stigma of like, oh, pre-constructed decks. That means they're not good. You know, these decks, you know, especially the league battle decks like this Calyrex and the Shadow Rider, even though we don't know the exact contents inside of them in history, the league battle decks have always still allowed you to be competitive at like a local level you know yeah. i mean i'm not saying that you're gonna win every single game and you're gonna 9-0 at a regional with these decks but you know you're not gonna get absolutely slaughtered annihilated and not have fun yeah you know these decks do have some thought put into them these decks do have some thought in their construction so i mean again you could just straight up buy this you could leave it up immediately play it as is at your locals and then slowly over time you know you get more cards you play more you do some trades things like that you talk to people you can make changes to that deck so yeah very very awesome in my opinion i mean if you want my two cents it's not out yet but i here's a weird thought i would actually like push people towards the ice rider in this version because what we do know is that dark is getting so much support in the next set uh, with Dark Patch, Dark Ray V-Star, all of that stuff, that being weak to Dark is probably a massive liability right now. And you is the best <laughs> deck in format. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is the Shadow Rider weak to Dark or is it weak to Fighting? It's weak to Dark. Yeah, it's weak to Dark. Okay, yeah. Then, yeah, I would say, like, uh, yeah. I, if you want, When it comes out in June, maybe, maybe look at the Ice Rider. You know, I will say the last couple of weeks, if you've been listening to the Metapod podcast or you've been following the regionals, the, we have talked about Ice Rider lists like that mm -hmm. have made top 32, top 64 um, at these regionals. So, I mean, you have to pair with Arceus, which is a little bit of money, but, you know, I mean, uh, it's a card game. You know, it is somewhat expensive of a hobby to keep up with at a competitive level. So. This is a great product. Again, releasing June 17th, $30 each. I don't know if card shops, you know, just based on when they sell, like, you know how they do with, like, set releases where they release a little bit earlier in the week? I don't know no, if this no. will have that. No, no, no this, this will just be. No, nah, this will just be a June 17th release. Just bank on June 17th. Yeah. But you know what else that you can bank on, Sean? Yes. Some beautiful, beautiful new products. Some beautiful power tins of new start. Well, it's like new starters, but old starters. The Hisuian starters from Legends Arceus. If you do not know, spoiler alert, Typhlosion, Decidueye, and Samurai all get new Hisuian forms in the games. They're coming out this summer with new tins, Sean. Yeah. I mean... What can I say? If you you know if you want these Pokemon, I'm like trying to. I don't really know these cards. Uh, uh, it's just bad. 
Well, <laughs> here's what I'll say about the promo. Here's what I'll say about the uh, things themselves. Before we get into if they're like good or not, yeah. these tins releasing June 17th, so around the same time. Gonna feature um, Hisui and Decidui V, Hisui and Typhlosion V, or Hisui and Samurai V from the upcoming set Astral Radiance that's coming out in May. It's gonna be a 10. It's gonna have five booster packs in it. It's gonna cost 25 bucks. We've seen these tins time and time again with different products, you know, promos, things like that. Um, but in terms of the Vs, you know, all of these Vs are going to have V stars that we're going to get some a little bit better than others. Some we're a little bit more excited about. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much oh, okay. about the Vs, I feel like, in terms of their competitive ability, because you're going to be wanting to play their V-Stars, so you're going to have to play their Vs anyways. <laughs> that's fair. I didn't I didn't remember that they had the V-Stars. Yeah, that's coming out. We haven't done the review for Astral Radiance, which I assume would be where the V-Stars come in, so... Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and I also say, I, you know, it is nice that the that you can get the Vs. You could either buy the tins outright or like Jake said earlier, if you are a competitive player and want to play the V-Stars, these promos will be relatively cheap then. Um, so always nice. <laughs> it's, it'll be it'll be pretty good. I mean, you'll be able to get the Vs essentially for free. I mean, usually the Vs are pretty cheap as is you know they're one of those cards that you can top off with shipping i mean even mew i mean mew is the most expensive yeah v pretty much out of all of them that one is a flat six dollars so i mean rc's v actually is pretty expensive as well it's like 13 yeah. and a half so um this being a promo again will drive down the price a little bit yeah. um but the typhlosion though is hot I like that. The pink and purple is a, it's a nice look. I'll give is it that. Is this the first time you you're really seeing like the Typhlosion design? Yeah, yeah, it is. I have RCS. I've not played it, uh, and I will say I do like. And this is the first time I've seen this type of attack in a while. A no energy attack. It's so it's, yes. If you yeah. do not know, his two in Typhlosion V has a attack that doesn't cost any energy. If it's in the active, you can just use it. You know, it's called Singe. Your opponent's active Pokemon is now burned. I like it. It's a little cheeky thing. You know, even though we're in an evolution format, mm -hmm. you know, Sean, so a lot of times that burn is taken away. It's almost like a quick shooting, yeah. at least, you know, that you can just slap down. You know, you have to put in the active and you have to announce the attack. But, <laughs> you know, you get your damage counters. You get two damage counters on going into your opponent's turn during that checkup phase before they evolve or maybe it sticks i don't know i mean and you just get to add more damage i mean jake i will say no energy attacks uh i'd be interested to see now that we don't ever cycle energy in the format does a control deck eventually find a home does this find a home in a control deck where it's like it doesn't need energy i'm just gonna burn you and then put you you know force something into the active trap it there and then constantly get rid of your energy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that would be the thing because you don't really want to knock out That's true. as a control deck <laughs> opponent's right. Pokemon for the most part. And the second attack, I could see like the control aspect because the second attack, if you do not know, for two psychic, one colorless called Petrifying Flame does 120. Choose a random card from your opponent's hand. Your opponent reveals that card and shuffles it in their deck. I get it, but like... You have to have three energy to do that, and that's just way, way, way too costly. Like, yeah. your control deck would have to have, like, Calyrex VMAX, Shadow Calyrex Rider VMAX to get the energies on and be able to do that attack consistently, and that's not ideal. You might as well just be playing an aggressive, like, Shadow Rider Typhlosion deck. You're f that, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. I just like seeing a no-energy attack. Just excited that Decidueye is getting is getting another card. I mean, I just I love Rallet Decidueye. Mm -hmm. So Decidueye V getting a card in this set probably means that we're gonna get a Rallet. You know, maybe maybe a little baby Rallet. Um, so I, I'm excited about that possibility because you know me, I love my Rallet cards. <laughs> 
and then I think the last thing on the Pokemon news agenda is this one is all speculation, but there has been a trademark uh, for V-Star Universe. Um, and I think the speculation here now we we had remember we had V Union and we didn't yes. know that that meant a card. We thought like, oh, maybe that is the well, I we should say cards. <clears throat> yeah, cards. Yeah, of four cards in Plural. one. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like we were like, is it a mechanic? Which it kind of was. Is it a set name? Is it whatever? So, but V Star Universe does not feel like it could be a mechanic. It's just like, what would a, a universe mechanic be? So. The speculation here is pretty obvious. Like every year, Pokemon does a special set, um, a, a high class pack set. So it's like tag team, like tag all stars. You had V um, Max uh, Climax. V Max Climax, right? There's like always some set that usually also includes that you may include shinies or gold cards or whatever. We've um, seen this translated to like hidden fates, shining fates stuff. Big, big, awesome sets that we yeah. love. Yeah, the the money sets. Uh, yes. So that's the speculation: is that V Star Universe is could you know probably be that high class pack set for this year, which would like you know release in what September October time frame. Yeah, because Sean, I mean, Generation Nine in Pokemon is right around the corner. You know, we saw if you didn't see, there was a trailer not too long ago showcasing the new upcoming games of Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Yeah. So again, like you were saying, you know, this is looking like it's going to be the hoorah of the Sword and Shield TCG series, maybe. The last two rod of three prize Pokemon. I mean, it, yeah, you would hope, right? Like they went towards V Star, but then they printed more V Max, Jake. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's like Machamp V Max that's coming soon. Oh uh, I mean, Shay over at Slowpoke Well or, or Hot, Hot Chocolate, Chocolate yeah. Hot Chocolate PTCG. That's that's what he calls himself now, right? Yeah, yeah. We we got that old school name, but yeah, Hot Choc PTCG. Yeah, I mean, I like Slowpoke well. I mean, it, that's that's how we first knew him. So, but anyways, um, you know, very excited about the Machamp VMAX. But, you know, I hope, I mean, in terms of like the, the high class sets or the special sets that they do with all the shinies, I just hope that they keep doing those like pretty much every single year until the end of time or whatever, you know, because mm. I like... Those sets are so fun to open, Sean. Yeah. Even though they usually don't have, like, much competitive viability, the only, like, competitive viability they really bring is, like, reprinting competitive cards as shiny, which is cool because that also drives down the regular card prices Yeah. Um, to an extent. And, I mean, it's just, like, it's so... Everybody thinks that's a, that it's fun to open, right? It's not just, yeah. like... It's not like Champion's Path where, like, well, I don't even know if collectors like that set. But, you know, it, it's like it's like a set that everybody can get behind. Yeah. You know, and it's got so many cool things. Like, the Trainer Gallery in Brilliant Stars is a phenomenal thing that kind of, like, started with these, like, um, with these shiny set. sets, like Hidden Fates and stuff, because the the shiny cards in Hidden Fates is a subset called the Shiny Vault. So yeah. it's like that same thing. And it's just made opening so enjoyable. Like I talked to, I, I think we talked briefly about how Brilliant Stars is just like, it's one of the most fun sets to open in recent memories. So like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's even to say, I think, I think the sets, like the Pokemon sets currently, especially the English sets um, or Western sets, they are probably still too big. SM Pratt did, and if y'all don't know, SM Pratt is like one of the bigger names in the collector space, like longtime collector. Uh, but he did talk about how somebody calculated you would have to open 150 to 190 boxes to get a master set of Brilliant and Stars. That, and this is, and remember that pokemon packs are uh probability so it could take you 400 i mean it could yes uh so but like you would have to open like a, a, an absurd amount of packs to get a master set which is like financially not the Unrealistic. way to do it yeah and it's like what the set's never gonna not gonna be worth that much uh mm -hmm. but 
knowing that the fact that they do put trainer gallery cards in the new set and hopefully if that continues like you basically have a shot at two alternate arts in a pack every time potentially and like yeah that's awesome. i mean like the booster box that i opened i think it was a total of like 12 hits yeah. or something like that or like it's like 12 to 14 or whatever and like that that was so cool like and yeah. even though i didn't pull any like excite like i didn't even get a v-star in my box remember but that and like it was fine because i got so many cool hits you know in there so i didn't even think about the new brand new v stars that i didn't get so like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's cool stuff and that like like you were saying all of that like sort of design aesthetic and types of rarity a lot of that was kicked off and is, is pushed along by these high class sets in one form or another they maybe make their way into our specialty sets or they make their way into our trainer galleries or our subsets or whatever but yeah um, if you don't open Japanese, but you've wanted to get into it, I would highly recommend the specialty sets. It's going to be a little bit more expensive, but it'll be 10 times more fun. So, yeah, yeah, it is a cool, it is cool sets open. Like I opened a couple of VMAX climax cause mm. of, uh, cause I bought that Nessa yes. promotional box thing, which I still have. I it's, it's up there actually oh no it's over there you can't see it in camera but anyways sean there was a regional this past weekend did you know that i, I did. Think you did i did i did know that a little bit how do you pronounce the area i mean i would say it's sao paulo okay we we determined in youtube contents that my english pronunciation or just pronunciation in general is trash top tier trash but <laughs> we will have top tier reporting on this regional the regional top eight sean it's pretty good i don't know if it's as good as the other ones i mean but it's uh sean, yeah it's interesting the top eight archetypes you had as the number one seed going into top eight jolteon v max by leonardo lari um hopefully i'm pronouncing these names correctly you had three Arceus V-Star variants. Three, or I should say two different Arceus V-Star variants among these three. You had Arceus V-Star Inteleon, and then the V-Star Galarian Birds that we've seen the last couple regionals. Inside the bottom half of the top eight, you had two Mew V-Max decks. I mean, Mew. You had Arceus V-Star Rapid Strike Urshifu V-Max, Sean, which... Urshifu VMAX we saw in Liverpool and Robin Scholes won, but uh, with with Arceus? I mean, Arceus good, right? Arceus good. That's all. <laughs> Just put it in any deck. It's kind of like Inteleon. Arceus is good. And one of my favorite decks, Sean, that I saw from the weekend, the, uh, Thiago Giovanetti uh -huh. playing Arceus V-Star, Whimsicott V-Star. Yeah. Whimsicott V-Star, Sean. I mean, I I don't really know. I mean, okay, we can get into that deck list specifically because I, I told Jake, I was like, we don't need to go into all of these different deck lists. They're all probably something you're familiar with, but let's get into the wild Whimsicott V-Star deck. I want to see how this works. So do you mind popping over to Tiago's deck list? So Whimsicott V-Star, maybe it, it's actually nice that the picture is like sideways because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not covering up any of the deck lists like usual when we That's pull true. this up on Twitter. So again, big, big shout out to Thiago Giovanetti for getting uh, top eight at Sao Paulo with this deck. It's it reminds me a lot of something like Dragapult. In my honest opinion, Sean. Yeah, I see it. Because um, you've got like the hammers and the fan of waves. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But anyway, <laughs> so this deck runs a 2-2 two, two line of Arceus. So Arceus V, two of them, and then two Arceus V-Star. You then move into a 3-2 line of Whimsicott V-Star. Three Whimsicott V and two V-Star. You've got a 2-2 two, two line of Bibarel. Bibarel. Um... I think it's Bebarrel. Anyways, 2-2 two, two line of the beaver. And so that <laughs> is going to be your draw support, your support Pokemon of choice. And then 
As we were talking about in different decks over the weekend, Sean, the Yivatol from Celebrations. Do you remember what that Yivatol does? It discards special energy. Yes, absolutely gets rid of that special energy. And again, you know, you're using different kind of controlly cards. I guess you could say like Crushing Hammer, Fan of Waves. I mean, I think those are just good in yeah. the format. I mean, a lot of people are playing special energies, whether that's Urshifu coming back in now with that Rapid Strike energy. Jolteon, I don't know if, you know, um, Thiago had thought, oh, maybe Jolteon's going to be up there, but... You know, they've got speed lightning energy, so Fan of Waves is a great choice for that, too. Mew, very good deck. Arceus, double turbo, you know, another special energy. There's just a lot of special energy right now in the format. And then also some Path to the Peaks, a yep. card that we've seen time and time again, not only to shut off Mew and Genesect, but also any Arceus variant from using their Star Birth ability. So... There's different ways that you can go about playing these decks, Sean. You can not only go RCS V-Star to accelerate the energies or be able to get anything you need, but also you could go into Whimsicott V-Star. Sean, Whimsicott V-Star does have its first attack as one psychic, two colorless, so pretty easy to use the double turbo energy alongside it if you want. During your opponent's next turn, they can't play any Pokemon tool or special energy cards from their hand. So tool cards, very, very good. I mean, we see big charms in the format. We see capes in the format with Suicune. We see choice band. That's the card. Is it choice belt or choice band? Uh, I... It's the one that does band. 30 extra choice damage belt. to Pokemon Vs. Yeah, I think it's Choice Belt, because Choice okay, Band so was choice, the old one. Yeah, so Choice Belt, you know, all of these different cards in the format. Not allowing players to attach those is a big deal, because there's no other way that you can attach tools in this format. Air Balloons as well, you know, you can trap something more in the active for a turn or two. And then also Special Energy. We mentioned how... You know, there's just a ton of special energy in the format. Not allowing you to t attach double turbos or even fusion strike energies from your hand, forcing you to use Eliza's Sparkle, mm -hmm. which at that point, you know, you can't use another supporter like Boss or Research or whatever if you're a Mew player. Yep. So Trick Win having some viability, having some competitiveness and... I mean, again, I said you could use the double turbo or you can use, you know, just Arceus using that first attack for 200 and accelerate three energy. I forget what it's called. Yeah, but um, yeah, you I, can use that to accelerate the energy. So then you don't have to negate 20 damage from a double turbo energy on your Whimsicott. And so you're basically two shotting most stuff in this format because you've got choice belt in there. So mm -hmm. You could pretty much guarantee two-shotting anything, I would say. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And I'm, like, looking at the list, and I'm, like, I think the hardest part would be, depending on what you draw, because they are running four Marnie and two Research. So as opposed to, and then two Raihans as well. So as opposed to, I think, a lot of RCS V-Star lists, which maybe don't, you know, what we've seen is they don't play quite as many of those draw supporters, because they're like, oh, I have RCS V-Star. I can go get whatever I want with that ability. A lot of them are playing an Inteleon engine, so right. with shady feelings. Right. And so since you don't, since you're actually not certain what you want to play, like you could play, you could use his V-Star ability, but you can only use one V-Star ability in a game. So you're actually having to decide, do I well, want to you use... can only use one V-Star power in a game. Yes. Just to clarify, it's, it's V-Star yeah, yeah. power, RC is having an ability, and then Whimsgott having the... Uh, Attack. The attack, yeah. Yeah. You can only use one V-Star power. And so you have to decide, like, which one do you want to use, right? And I don't know. It's interesting. I I don't really know. It's matchup spread, like, in a Mew matchup, right? Like, what is the right power? Is it very situational? Um, I think the combo Path to the Peak, Crushing Hammer, the Eveltal, all three of those, I think, make the Mew matchup, like, that's what that's for. Um, because you want to turn Genesect off, 
You want to get rid of those special energy, not into the deck, because at least a sparkle can get them right back, but actually yep. just into the discard. So I guess those three are how you do that. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of wild. I would say that more often than not, you're probably using Starbirth. Yeah. If I had to take a guess, I didn't I didn't get to see any gameplay. I mean, there will be gameplay that you can watch, you know, mm -hmm. from the stream and different content creators. Like, I think just a couple minutes ago, you know, at the time of this recording, Azul posted the like uh, a review of the top three. Uh, or round 13 battle between Whimsicott and Urshifu. So, okay. if I had to take a guess again, you know, it would be go go into Arceus, use Starbirth to be able to set up and build your board state even more. And I think really you're just using Whimsicott to... Um, you're just using Whimsicott to kind of make things harder for your opponent in terms of being able to play the cards that they want to. But I would assume that there's probably a situation or two that you do use the uh, the fluff ball star V-star power attack on Whimsicott. If you don't know what it does, it's a one psychic energy attack as the V-star power does 60 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon for each energy attached to the Pokemon. So, I mean, if you're facing a deck maybe like Duraludon, or yeah. something or like an Arceus or, you know, anything that has just an absurd amount of energies, you know, you can get rid of it. Or maybe a little baby Pokemon, too, like a little Meloetta that's sitting there on the bench and yeah. threatening to one shot you like you just go pop. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. I mean, yeah, it's just basically like a, a nice little bench snipe if you need it uh, that can yeah. do whatever the amount of damage that you probably need. Because like it's only it's only 60 times and more often than not, things won't have more than three energies at one time in this format. You're probably not using it too much. That's is, fair. is what I think. It's interesting. You could also like because of Path to the Peak, like we've seen a lot of these Arceus decks, you know, use their Starbirth and then play Path to the Peak to stop the other Arceus decks from using Starbirth as their V-Star power. You could honestly like Path to the Peak and you still have the availability of using your V-Star power because Whimsicott's V-Star power is in attack. That's true. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's cool. It's a cool deck. I mean, yeah, it seems like every week there has just been, like, one new deck that, like, nobody was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. And I don't know if that... Maybe that says a lot more about the difference between IRL play and online play a little bit. Because if all the big tournaments are online, I think it's very hard for a deck to seemingly come out of nowhere or like a concept. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, not that Arceus came out of nowhere, but like the Whimsicott part of the Arceus deck. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one big difference, I think, with uh, a bigger IRL scene is people maybe keep things a little bit closer to the vest uh, leading up to a tournament. Uh, well, we I mean, in, in IRL tournaments, you have closed deck lists, yes. right? Yes. In, in these online tournaments that we're playing, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are open deck lists, you know, so you can tell if your opponent's cheating or not, yeah. pretty much. Whereas in a official Pokemon event, closed deck list tournament, you know, they have things like deck checks that happen throughout the weekend and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it brings up more the opportunity for these different archetypes, these different fun, abstract, I never thought this would come up decks, you know, just like we talked about last week with Sao Paulo Regionals. Yeah. Um, it, it brings up more of an opportunity for creative thinking and, you know, exciting and, you know, great deck building and testing to come out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. If I say the same thing. I have the exact same thing in Digimon. Like the reason that sometimes I, in locals especially, but I choose to play unknown decks is because it's a best of three format, which is the same as regionals in Pokemon. Now, most locals are not best of three, but regionals are best of three. And with a best of three, if you can steal one of those games simply because your opponent doesn't know what's in your deck, like that is a massive advantage. Then you now go from like, you know, whatever the percentage chance you had to win being like, let's say it's roughly even if you're like, 
you know, eight times out of ten, I'm going to win the first game because my opponent doesn't know what's happening. Then all of a sudden, you're up 1-0. You only need to win one out of two, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to win two out of three. You need to win one out of two where you both have the same knowledge base then. Um, it is. It's much harder when you win game one. It's much harder to lose. Yes. You know, and like, even though you still have a possibility of tying, right? Because your opponent can win game two and then you don't finish game three, right? A tie, most often than not, is better than a loss. I mean, you saw the the uh, Jolteon, 9-0-5, right? No losses. Yeah, and then Robin Scholes in Liverpool was also 9-0-5. Yeah, like. exactly. So, like, ties are one point. So, sometimes... Mm-hmm sneaking a, a one win out of a best of three even if it goes to a tie is fine um yeah it's just very interesting again IRL play just in my opinion just being a lot different than online and so there were several other i mean it's a little bit early you know we record on monday morning so not a lot of deck lists are out as of right now but you know we can assume maybe with like the uh jolt or the arceus urshifu Mm -hmm. list you know you use your arceus you power up the urshifu right you can use they probably play some mix of double turbo and rapid strike energies yeah um because just rapid strike energy is really nice to have um it makes it easy to do something like raihan and be able to g max rapid flow um because that does cost three energies to be able to do so um I would assume it's built something like that. It wouldn't surprise me if it was like an Inteleon engine um, with shady dealings and things like that, because uh, it's just good. Like we've said time and time again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, the, I think the, what I'm, I think what we're learning is the best cards, regardless of deck kind of right now, the two best cards are shady dealings, Inteleon and RCS V star. And that's not to say yeah. that Genesect V is not broken in Mu V max because it is but like it's only ever in that deck so yeah it's only limited to one archetype whereas with the other we kind of see it everywhere yeah i mean they're just engines right like arceus is an engine inteleon is an engine um i do wonder and this is maybe a little early but like when worlds comes around i wonder if worlds format will be current standard like with whatever the new sets come out or if they're going to be a rotation i think it's current though yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure 2019 Worlds... Rotated. Yeah, was post-rotation, so... It was. Yeah, I would assume that... Considering we haven't had a Worlds, though, in several years, they may want to feature some of these cards. Do you know what I mean? Like, Inteleon... That's true. So, like, I could see them not rotating, but it's just going to be really interesting post-rotation, like, when you lose the Inteleon engine, which... You know, start thinking about that now because that's going to happen. Like, you're going to lose the engine to just go get whatever you want out of your deck. Um, yeah, like, what? How? That's Stock a big change. on your Bibarals. We're starting to see more Bibarals in lists. Sean, yeah. drawing cards. Drawing cards. Get your pre release versions now. Um, but yeah, Jake, do you want to talk about PTCG Live now? So, I don't think it's a lie or I don't think it's a secret that PTCGL for a lot of people's opinions has been extremely, what's the word I'm looking for? Disappointing, I guess. Really fallen under the expectations of what we have for it from based on other things. And within the last week, since we released our last podcast, players like Tablemon, Little Dark Fury, Andrew Mahone over at Tricky Gym, Azul GG have really, really been vocal about expressing the distaste of the live beta and how it's terrible. It's, it, it feels awful. Um, and we've expressed it here on the pod. You know, we had a we had a segment when the beta first released of Jake screaming and yelling about how it weird it was you know <laughs> some of the good things the bad things you know the ugly things emphasis on ugly things but you know and i think even last week i like mentioned we mentioned like the bugs yeah last week there we, we talked about a lot of the bugs that were making it like the timer bug and, and yeah. yeah it's not necessarily like 
I'm okay with bugs in beta because, you know, like bugs just happen. It's a beta. It's a program. Like you have to code it and you have well, to, you know, and also it takes... it's not a global beta. That's another important thing, right? Like yes. it's supposed to just be for Canadians. The fact that everyone is using a VPN to play it. It's like, it was never meant to be this broadly used, but yes, fine. But, uh, but when I say like bugs, I'm talking like one of the most used supporters and one of the most popular decks and strongest yeah. decks in the meta is literally broken to where like it cannot function in the game properly. So like when I say bugs, I'm talking about things that make me feel like they didn't even test before they released these patch yeah. updates and things like that because there are there are things that should have been caught right away in my opinion but sean a lot of people have actually been discussing a whole week a whole week of not playing ptcg live i think table mom coined it as ptcgo appreciation week ptcgo the I guess it's still the current online client because yes. <laughs> live hasn't released yet, but it's what we were playing on years and years before yeah. lives beta um, was ever released out there in the world. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be several people on board with this. I mean, even some people that have migrated their accounts. I know several people within the last week over on Twitter who have, you know, even though they migrated their PTCGO account to live, so literally nothing is left on their online account. They're starting from square one. They're grinding to get all these cards back, even though it is a slog, it, even though it takes time, it's annoying, you know, to start from zero, you know, when you had literally everything prior, you know, I mean, they, in their mind, they think it's better than continuously playing on live, which I think says a lot. I mean, I I understand the sentiment of, like, effectively just sort of boycotting PTCG Live. Um, I think that the question that I would have about any of those types of boycotts would be, like, uh, boycotts, I'm using the term very lightly, is what, is, like, a boycott in that sense only works if it is affecting the... KPIs, if you will, of whatever platform. Like, what is a KPI for anyone who might yes, not know? Yes. Maybe I mean, well, probably not me because I know. Yeah. But like, in case so, somebody doesn't, in case people, so KPI is like a business term for key performance indicator. Um, and what that basically means is like most, you know, online platforms. Like, I think MTG Arena, Magic's Magic's online client. Their main KPIs are going to be money. Right, like how many people are buying those packs in the store? What's the revenue coming in? And then you'll have things like how many players are in, etc. So for PTCG Live, like it is in a closed beta uh, or an open beta, but closed by region, like it's Canada only. So yes, they probably see like a lot of players on right now that are definitely they're not all Canadian. They're probably like, hey, there's not that many Canadian players, just to be honest. So, yes, it will bring the number of players down to a certain degree, but I would still argue that the vast majority of players are still using PTCGO anyways. It's really the content creators. So it's not going to hurt when they have to go present information to their bosses. It's not going to hurt them from a numbers perspective, really. It's not going to hurt them from a revenue perspective because they don't make money on the client. They don't make money on either client. You know what I mean? So, like, I... So really what... What Tableman is saying is it's it's really you have to have all the content creators stop using PTCG Live because that's the only thing you've got is the court of public opinion. And like, I don't know. I don't really know if taking a week off matters because like the Pokemon company, either they're listening or they're not. If they're listening, they hear all the exact same things that we are telling our listeners, which is that people don't like it. They know. They are aware probably. Yeah. People hate it. So it's like, you're, I don't know, like, if you, if you feel like it's a good way to make a statement, I, you know, go for it. I don't think there's a problem with it. I don't think it's bad. But I'm like, I, because it's not about money for Pokemon, you're not taking money out of people's pockets. 
Um, you know, I, I feel a little bit, I don't know who the internal team that's been working on PTCG Live is. I would, I would genuinely hope that, you know, Direwolf Digital, who did PTCGO, it's a third-party developer, um, you know, that the internal team has more support than Direwolf Digital, because otherwise, why take it in-house, right? So, I don't know. I don't know, man. People are talking about scrapping it. What do you think, Jake? I don't, I don't know. I mean, here's my thought, because, like, you know, there are different ways that you can express and tell the Pokemon company, like, why you do like something, why you don't like something. And honestly, like, I kind of agree that, like, you know, like, boycotting is the way, because you think about the ways of feedback, you know, has there been, like, I have not seen, like, a form or, like, a survey of the live beta of like what is your experience using this how are you liking this you know i haven't seen any of that stuff so what else are you going to do you know right like you can't pump money into it so you can't just be like hey you know nobody pay for anything in yeah. this client the only option is to just get off of it and yeah like i understand what you're saying on on the amount of canadian players which is why, in my personal opinion, like I, this is my crystal ball, you know, looking in my crystal ball, I don't think anything really happens until the live actually releases. Yeah. Right? Because in a beta, I'm sure, like in a beta, there is this trend already of people start playing it and then it dips down. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I feel like Pokemon is going to look at the data of it not necessarily like like i mean there are some excellent pokemon reps out there that that you know communicate with the community and things like that except for that one person that said that pcg live news was coming and then they just <laughs> uh, they just teased us i guess and did nothing oh. but anyways there are excellent people out there that probably know that a lot of people hate live right but whether or not you know they are able to communicate that just from you know, showing examples of tweets, showing examples of video essays that people have made, things like that. I don't know if that's going to be something that's shown instead of just like the cold hard numbers. And so therefore, I think with a beta, what is going to be shown with like a boycott of PTCG Live, you know, taking a week off is going to be something that I don't want to say they expect because I don't think they yeah. expect players to boycott it, but they they expect, you know, at this time, month has been out f or live has been out for like, what, a, over a month now? Yeah. You know, they expect a dip in players, you know, just naturally. Um, whether it's going to be this steep, you know, only time will tell. But so I don't think anything really happens until live releases. Like the, it, the biggest way, in my opinion, to communicate and to tell pokemon of you know this is trash is one talk about it right yeah. which we're doing we're doing with like the boycott all that stuff like talking about it on social media making videos things like that we're talking about how it sucks but also don't get the full release when it comes out you know there's speculation that the full release is going to be coming out on in may for astral radiance if you are going to take part in this, if you are going to, if you also have a distaste in live, I mean, if you enjoy live, that is your opinion. That is your, you know, if you enjoy live, you enjoy it. You know, you have fun. You, you, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what you should like and dislike. Um, it's not hurting me that you like live. But if you're in the group of people that don't like it, the best thing to do, in my opinion, is don't touch live when it releases. Don't download it. Don't you know click on the links to the website don't generate clicks for them or anything like that you have to try to bring numbers into it in terms of the release because the release you know although i don't want them to release a crappy product in my opinion that's the only way that we're going to be able to truly communicate and showcase to the big dogs like hey th this sucks like we gotta we either have to scrap it or we need to just like we need to re we need to scrap it and just go back to PTCGO and modify that, or we need to redo it 
back at square one. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because it's one thing to know inside the company to have a nuanced understanding of like, say it released and nobody played it or like a vast majority of people just said, I'm not going to bother. The people who are close to the ground know exactly why it's not because that it's not because people don't want an updated client. It's because the client that you gave them was not great for a variety of reasons. I would say the main reason, uh, if anyone from Pokemon is listening and they're just, I know we just keep saying it sucks, but really it's the UI, right? It's the, the, all the empty space. It does not feel fun to play. Yes. It, it doesn't feel fun to play and it doesn't feel like Pokemon, which was, I think a really good point. Like you look at Hearthstone, you look at magic arena, you look at all these things, they all have their issues, but they all feel like they're part of the universe in which the game is set. And this one just kind of feels like you're in some sort of weird Tron holodeck thing. Like it's just, it's very, um, uh, what's the word it's for stale. it? It's sterile. It's very sterile. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it's like the hospital of online card game clients. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's clean, but it's, it has no flavor. So you don't really want to be there any longer than you yeah. have to be. And the idea of like making the cards smaller to like save space, all that stuff. I'm like, that makes sense for other games where you don't have a bunch of text on the cards or whatever. Right. Or you have like a field where all the cards are on the same line. So you don't, but Pokemon has a base and then a single card. So when you do it in that weird way, it just, it doesn't look good, but I mean, I get it also because mobile, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I think PTT Live was most definitely meant for mobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody had the mobile first brief, and that's what they that's what they came out with. Um, but I don't know. I worry that not playing the game, the people close to the ground will know the problem. But the people looking at the numbers making financial decisions will say this is not financially viable and we'll just pull the plug. And it'll be PTCGO indefinitely. And PTCGO you know, with minimal financial support. That's always I the just fear. Like, PTCG Live has made me appreciate PTCGO more. <laughs> oh, no. That's and a- it's like quality of life components. Yeah. Not saying that you should settle for bad. Yeah. Sean. But, I mean, I'll, I'll take another year or two or however, mm. you know, if we got to start PTCG Live from square one. I'll, I'll keep playing PTCGO. Like, it's, it's way more acceptable and it actually feels fun to play at times, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it'll just be interesting to see, like, long term. You know, this, I think, was meant to help grow the, the, the card game, the base of players, by making it mobile, introducing a lot of, uh, like, the dusting mechanic, like which seems like it might be an easier way to get cards for a lot of players who didn't want to spend tons of money on codes, right? Um. <clears throat> But I've also been hearing a lot of people talk about recently how the dusting system economy is not sustainable in the long run. Because realistically, oh, interesting. I don't. I mean, um, we can talk about. That? Yeah, we can talk more about that another week. But I've I've seen a lot of tweets lately of like people's opinion that I trust, you know, and and very analytical people that talk about how the dusting system is great at first, but in terms of you know you get three four sets down the road from now you know, the dusting system's not going to be as as great as we think it is. Well, I mean, all of that to say, it seems like the floodgates have opened and people are no longer uh, giving PTCG Live this, like, rose-colored glasses approach. It's like, no, it's, we see it's it. It's not disgruntled, you know, yeah. murmuring. It's now full-on <laughs> screaming. <Revolt>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jake. But I think I think that should just about do it for this week. Uh, yeah, that is going to be our what is this? 91st episode, Sean, the yeah. 91st episode of the Metapod podcast. Thank you so much for everyone that's been leaving reviews, been subscribing on the YouTube channel. Sean, what are we going to hit first? This is this is kind of a future site thing. Do you think we hit 100 episodes first or 100 ratings on Apple uh, iTunes? Because we're at 91 ratings. Oh, it's, it's a race. I'm going to say we hit yeah. 100 ratings first. I'm going to say 100 ratings and reviews on iTunes. 
before we hit 100 episodes because eight weeks is a long time it is a long time so if you're listening you made it this far in the metapod podcast let us know how we're doing leave a review on apple leave a rating whatever five stars one star three star whatever it is you know give us your honest opinion subscribe to the youtube and we hope you have a great rest of the day no regional this weekend i think so no i don't (laughs) even talk about next week uh well i mean maybe maybe we'll have some special things who knows who knows i won't say anything stay tuned see you later